0: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right,
1: welcome back once again. Yes, it's that all important time, time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak, and man, we had a lot of fun last week. Whew. Yeah, after listening to it, I could remember some of it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trip. But yeah, um, thanks Luke for coming on. And uh, Amazing it was... the things you'll find in the refrigerator, the mini fridge at Sirius <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, hopefully we get to come back and do it again. And uh, yeah, a lot of people had some really fun comments on it. And, um, you know, a lot of people said, can't wait till you guys do part two. So we'll have to have Luke back on to do part two for that.
1: Yeah, we'll do part two and we'll exclude, you know, anything we already picked will be off limits. So part two will be what's left.
2: All right, let me go ahead and get Geeks of the Week in. And then we have a couple of presents we have to open up real quick from listeners and uh, contributors. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's not even Christmas time yet. So let me uh, bang this out. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter the recent episode that we did with Luke Carl. Chris Carum, Todd Cunningham, Matt Ashcraft, David Alpazard, Jason Bakken. You'll be hearing about him in a minute. Warren Money, Derek Novak, Novak, Matt Bradshaw, Mike Blunt, Joe and Lee Maslin of the Audio Junkies podcast, The Riff of the Day. Cool. Brent Walter, Steve Langenbrunner, Joe Lescon, Shane Aber, James Brendan Dunn, Matt Severson of the Paperback Rocker podcast, Brad Kalmanson, Billy Hardaway. My man. Andrew Jacobs, Jody Havnott of the Strange Ways podcast. Heck, yeah. Chad Pollock, uh, Jeff Davidson, sorry. <laughs> Catch your breath, man. <laughs> I know. Mike Stewart, Lee Shimbri, uh, Also, Andrew Babcock of the Hair Metal Mansion. Rodney Dixon, JTB's Groovy Record Room. Right on. Had a lot of shares this week. That's awesome. And then as far as uh, retweets goes, Music Mags and Wax, Derek Novak, Dr. Metal. Dr. Metal. <laughs> <laughs> Collins Sleaze Rocks actually retweeted the oh, episode. right on.
1: I love that website.
2: Anya Sputnik. That's an awesome name. That is cool. Retweeted it. Um Sounds, it's naughty. <laughs> <laughs> cool Daddy Dyson retweeted it and last but not and Emily Oh gosh. There you go. Tano, Sick I don't know.
1: Thank you. Sick of and
2: And uh, Killer Dwarfs retweeted it. Oh, awesome. And also, more importantly, Luke Carl retweeted it. So yeah, he did. You. I knew he would. Yeah. So if I missed you, please let me know. I apologize in advance. And that's how that's how we get the word spread out. That's how the, the fan base grows every week is because of you guys.
1: Yeah, and we appreciate it so much. And we appreciate Luke Carl coming on this show and his mustache. Yeah. The Reverend is the man. He's so awesome. He is. Loved having him on. Okay, so we've got a couple of gifts we want to open. Okay. Well, one
2: I opened earlier in the week, and then I showed Aaron. Lee Maslin of the Audio Junkies podcast sent us a bunch of cool stuff over, some of which is at my office right now. I didn't bring it home. But um, we got business cards. We've got a band called Shanks, uh, a 45. Right. On. I remember those. And uh, another 45. It looks like it's a double band thing with... Okay, I'll just name off Public Animal. Aaron, you name off the other band. (laughs) Sikamikadinko? Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, uh, Moko Mokai. Moko Mokai. And I'm not sure if these are things that that Lee worked on. They're both from Squirt Gun Records, so I'll have to...
1: But the cool thing about it is the back of the album, the way the writing is and the purplish hue to it all kind of gives me that, reminds me of like Creatures of the Night a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and
2: I didn't think about that until you said that. But you, now that you mention it, it does look a lot like that.
1: That's so. pretty cool. Well, I'll okay. take a picture of it or something.
2: And um, our new writer, Baco, had. Um, Baco. He uh, sent me sent Aaron and I both separate packages. I already opened mine, so Aaron's going to open his right now because I wanted okay. to save it for a surprise. I couldn't wait. I'm, I'm the bad kid on Christmas. It's heavy. So what, what do we got here? Oh, man, there's a bunch. And Baco is a here. member of the band Jesus Chrysler.
1: Oh, I love that name. Is this a little? Wow. <laughs> 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 we'll save this for when we talk to Gary Corbett. That's a little <laughs> bottle of Crown Royal. Yeah. Nice. Oh, geez, What else? You already won
2: there? points with Aaron for
1: that. Of course.
2: What's Makes this? for
1: better interviews. Jesus Chrysler T-shirt. That's yes. very cool. It's a really cool logo. I love the band name, too, man. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's fantastic. A, a cool name. It looks like there's a stack of CDs in here. I'll Somebody's think. trying to get me to do another Camaro's cult Yeah, band, I think
2: so, or a featured artist.
1: Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I got CDs here by uh, Jesus, Chrysler. <laughs> Jesus Chrysler. Jesus Chrysler. Jesus Chrysler. Chrysler. And last but not Chrysler. least, Jesus
2: Chrysler. Wow, man. So the
1: whole Jesus Chrysler co- collection here. Dang, I guess. And there's a lot of songs on each one of these. Yeah, so... Baco, thank you so much. Baco's been around for a while doing this, I take it. Yeah, he's he knows. This one's from 2002. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Nice. I can't
2: wait to check these out. And Baco, if you're I know you're listening to this, remind me. Did you guys show up on a Nashville rock music compilation? I know you're not from Nashville, but I swear that that band was on a compilation that my my old band was on, or one of them that came from the Nashville rock scene when i was in that because i swear that name i know that name going back stands a out time. to you
1: yeah it does yeah you got to believe a name like that if you heard it you'd remember it so we're gonna check it out and yeah man who knows we might become the biggest fans of this band ever we might like, so we'll stop doing references about kiss and just start talking about jesus chrysler all the time
2: as soon as the action figures come
1: out awesome we'll do that can't wait Then <laughs> the lunchbox the jesus
2: christ chrysler um casket <laughs> and condoms <laughs> spelled with a k of course. Oh, God. Okay, so we got all the business out of the way, right? Yes. Okay, guys. The long-anticipated oh, return of Gary Corbett today.
1: Yes. Man, we love Gary Corbett so much, and we know that he is our most popular guest that we've ever had on this show. By a
2: long, stri- long stretch.
1: By a long stretch. Yeah. Like, towers above the rest. Yeah. Even our most people that you look back, we've had a lot of popular guests. Yeah. People that you think would have, like, our highest numbers. Not even close. Pale in comparison right. with Gary Corbett. Yeah,
2: ahead of all the Vinny Vincent specials
1: and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I just got to assume it's because Gary Corbett is such an awesome dude and so much fun to talk to.
2: And it's slightly raised by a, a certain t- retweet from a certain member of Kiss with a star over his eye. oh no, I
1: remember that, yeah uh,
2: <laughs> oh no, a podcast, <laughs> so yeah, Gary's well aware of that too, if you want, and uh you know, and we're not rehashing all the kiss stories from before no gary's a Gary is a keyboardist first and has a long history with it and is a fan of keyboard players and he, uh, this was uh, partially his idea when we, the last time we talked to him, was like, let's do a keyboard episode.
1: Yeah, because as soon as we were done talking to him, you know, we were, we thought we were getting one episode. We ended right. up with two. And because he was such a joy to talk to and so much fun and, and full of so many amazing stories that as soon as it was over, it's like, we got to figure out a way to get this guy back on. And right. right away it came up was, well, let's do a keyboards episode. Yeah,
2: and now for those of you KISS fans, You will not be disappointed, though. Oh, absolutely There is one story in this conversation that I don't think anyone's heard before. No. uh, Regarding the Hot in the Shade tour and a, uh, let's just say, a technical malfunction. This is... That is so funny.
1: You guys are all, whether you're KISS fans or not, going (laughs) to love this conversation so much. And as soon as we got done talking to Gary, we were already thinking about ways to get him back on. But for now, now, you're going to enjoy this.
2: Yeah, enjoy this. This is our talk with Gary Corbett about keyboard players. Topic of kiss and uh, I was going to dance around the room like the ice capades like (laughs) Gene did, but decided not to. We've been wanting to have you back on for a long time because you know you're a keyboard player, and we wanted to talk about we've never done a show on keyboard players, and we thought it's about time. What better way to (laughs) represent that than with you here? So we kind of just thought we'd go through some famous keyboard players, and you've got some that are your like your top five and. We'll just kind of go around the room and talk about keyboard players. And, uh, uh, well, well, before we get into things, uh, welcome back. Thank you. You, uh, You are our most downloaded guest we've ever had on the show. Most definitely.
1: And, uh.
3: Well, I'm honored about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think.
3: Caused a few waves when, yeah. uh, when that episode came out. I assure
1: you it's a great honor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it
4: is. Uh,
2: but uh, it is. if you want plenty of Kiss Talk with Gary, go check out parts one and two of that episode. Uh, I'll put the links for that in the show notes. Awesome stuff. But Gary is a fantastic keyboard player, and we wanted to have him on to talk about this because we've never really
1: delved into the subject so, um, and I always kind of, you know, and we talked about it when Gary was on before the like you say, the old ice capades, and you know, and to be honest, before we started doing this show, I never thought keyboards were very cool. But through doing the Decibel Geek podcast, I've come for a, a whole new respect for the man behind the keys in some of these bands yeah. because you know, I was always a, I was an ace frailer guy, you know, kid growing up, you know, I rock and roll. I'm on. Like, Big guitars, mm-hmm, loud mm-hmm. distortion, giant martial amps, you know, and there ain't a whole lot of room for everything else, you know. But you squeeze it all there, it sounds good, but I always thought keyboards, man, well some you, of the weak got- songs. But like I said, there's some great stuff, and I gotta admit it. I got to. He
3: admitted it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's it's all about the sound. It's all about the sound of the keyboard. You see, it's so you gotta go back to the early Rock stuff Not the we're not talking about 80s rock stuff. Let's go back to The 70s rock stuff Like the Like the Hammond organ guys like, Right Like uh, Mountain Or With um, Felix Popularity. I mean You ever, ever listened to uh, Mountain uh, Like Mississippi Queen Yeah, yeah. The, the album that, that Came from uh, Mountain Climbing There's a song called Never In My Life mm-hmm. The organ sound In that song Is like a Guitar going through Marshall, you know. I mean? it's, it's, yeah. it has as much balls as that. And it's, right. it's the keyboard sounds that came after that that screwed us right. through. I get it. Like the wimpy,
2: but I was kind of a fan of some of that stuff too, which we'll, the, get, the, we'll the, get into. Yeah, 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 it has its
3: place. I had a, I
2: had a, a, I had a fascination with some of the wimpy stuff too, though.
1: <laughs> well, so I guess it, if we if we look back to the very beginning, I would think I, in my opinion, the very first guy to really rock and roll on the piano. It's probably Jerry Lee Lewis. I think that's got to be where rock and roll keyboards truly begins.
3: Right, but as far as like heavy metal and leaning towards that stuff, for me, the first heavy metal song with organ where the organ really is as much a part of it as the guitar would be uh, Steppenwolf. Yeah, Yeah. Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. it's got a whole keyboard solo in the middle of it, and
3: And, and and the sound of the organ. Is definitely not wimpy. So
2: was that a Hammond B three, playing on that? Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a signature sixty yeah. sound.
3: Well, there, there was no other choice. You didn't have. You didn't, there were no synthesizers. You right. Had, mm-hmm. You had a piano, which had all kinds of limitations because you couldn't be heard over a band without Unless you're mics. Jerry Lewis and right, bang uh, the shit out of the keys. And you, you're the star yeah, right because, you're the, because you're the artist and you yeah. have to mic the piano. Right. Sure. But if you're just in the band and you play the piano, they're not going to mic it. Right. So so who know. made
2: you want to start playing?
3: Um, the Beatles, oddly enough. Really? Oh. Yeah. It was the Beatles that definitely made me. And, and then the Day of Clock 5. Yeah, the um, first, they were the first British invasion band with a keyboard player.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people overlooked that band. You know, yeah. they talk about back then, they talk about the '60s, but you got to think of how many huge hits
3: that band That's right. had. Absolutely. Oh, they were incredible. I and mean, yeah. also, we talk about heavy. But oh, they good. were like a yeah. heavy metal band. Yeah, of the era. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound of their records was so energetic and like you know, you felt like you were in a party. You yeah. Well,
2: a well, yeah, there's some of their songs. It, it sounded like the whole thing was just going to fall apart any yeah. second.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And they were probably the heaviest of all uh, the British Invasion players. Yeah, they
2: were. And Dave uh, yeah,
3: Park still doing it, too, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I just heard yeah. a documentary on him recently. And apparently, he had like a whole Broadway career Yeah. Like, producing Broadway shows in like, the 70s and stuff. He really did well for him. Yeah.
2: yeah my yeah. my father's not around anymore, but he was... Huge into that British invasion mm-hmm. stuff, and um, I, knew, you know, he was a big Beatles fan and Stones fan and everything, and I would get into that stuff through him because he'd give me these old songbooks because he played in bands too, and um, I remember one day he's like, "Beatles and Stones are cool," he's like, "But you need to listen to this day Clark Five song. absolutely, and he turned me on to that, and, he, and mm-hmm. he was just like, "Listen to how intense that is,"
3: and that's that was a Vox Continental, that was a Vox organ, right? And the thing that was cool about those organs when you used to see those guys on the Ed Sullivan show was. They had these really cool silver chrome chrome legs that were like Z shaped, and right. the, the white keys were black and the black keys were white when you looked at the keyboard on that organ. Nice, and so it was really badass looking. Oh, that's cool, the yeah. always it's a heavy metal organ. Yeah, I've never seen was. that. That's, that's cool. Sweet. And it was one that I never had as a kid because right. I was only five, six years old when they came out. So, how old were you
2: when you started playing? Four, four, yeah. So, um, piano lessons from the parents, yeah, forced on you.
3: <laughs> No, 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 he wanted it. to do he it. Wanted to do it. Okay, okay. Wanted to do it. So
2: mom and dad were were encouraging
1: with. Yeah, band. supportive. Yeah. Definitely supportive. Who knows? You know, uh, it's not like he's trying to play drums. Or yeah. Not, yeah, right. You know, he's yeah. he's a rock and roller in disguise. You know, he's yeah. secretly he's learning how to play. My dad was yeah. a huge Jerry
3: Lee fan. He was. Right. You know. Yeah, that was so like when I come home from my lessons after I got through practicing whatever I was supposed to practice, yeah. my dad was always trying to get me to do the Jerry Lee thing.
2: Wow, well, that's you know, cool. Yeah. Well, you got nice. a cool dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most parents back then oh, were like, I, I'll yeah. leave that rock and roll alone.
3: Well, no, my dad was, the. I mean, my dad used to drive me, I, as a eight years old, nine years old, he used to have to Get me to band practice, you know. Sweet. I couldn't carry, I he, he would carry my organ. He was my first roadie. That's, my oh, first that's oh. so nice. Yeah. That's great. And he, believed me, he hated it. All He did it all the way up until the time I had a, a double keyboard organ oh. with a Leslie. Oh, and he used wow. to tie the, his trunk of his car closed with a string because it wouldn't, you know. So you worked
2: your muscles at an early age yeah. lifting that thing. Well, his muscles.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, You lifted that, I'll just ride. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Pretty much. So, yeah.
2: So that, but so the Beatles stuff really got you going to begin with Dave Clark. Yeah. So, so you were normal rock and roll child of the sixties British absolutely, Invasion.
3: Absolutely, you know, Waiting for Ed Sullivan. That, that's what I want that. to do for a living. Absolutely.
2: So, oh, so you did see the Beatles? song. Oh yeah, I on, remember
3: I, them. I remember them on Ed Sullivan. So envious of anyone who got to see that. That's I was just, born in fifty eight, so I was right. already you know old enough to, and plus I was already playing the piano, so I cared about oh, music. Yeah, you know, so it mattered to me every Sunday. I, yeah, yeah, and there was always somebody on, right? After that, so
2: but was there a lot of build up to? There was had to have been a lot of build-up to them coming on that show.
3: I mean, yes, yeah. there was. But and you know what? It was. I remember during the It was like a summer month because I used to spend my summers outside of the city, up in the you know in the Catskill Mountains, yeah. upstate New York, and where we spent our summers, we didn't even have television, right? And you know, so like we did our summers kind of roughing it and so to, to watch the Ed Sullivan show we had to go to somebody else's house oh okay, okay. and so like it was a group event of you yeah. know, everybody that was at that you know resort yeah. being in this one person's house and it was wow every bit as yeah. mind blowing as it's described yeah. It.
2: Yeah. yeah I've heard it like society changed overnight after that pretty much yeah that's crazy it, nothing today could ever top something like nah. that because every there's too many channels yeah. back then oh, everyone yeah. watched the same thing.
3: absolutely day. there's yeah. so many places to get information oh, yeah. now it's nothing will have
2: that impact again no. so no. You, you saw something special yeah okay so so what th- did you get into the prog rock thing right after that or uh
3: no, I, eventually, I did. Absolutely. Were you into a lot of the psychedelics? Yeah. The um, Doors, Ray there No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Anything but. I, I really, I, I, I gotta gotta like say, Ray air. I, I love The Doors. I, I you know, no, that's not one of my favorite. As a matter of fact. People Yeah no I'm not a Doors Really this, this is, I won't is even Doors Is a different to it. style Or you just Didn't like it I, I don't find any There's nothing About it I like I oh. do, uh, it's, And there's a couple Of bands like that Yeah That where Like when they well, Come on the radio I, yeah. I have to change the
2: channel. Is it not enough Hooks for you Because there's not A lot of hooks In Doors music No like, I kind it's meandering.
3: the It's the sound of the, the sound of the organ I can't stand Yeah I mm, yeah. can't stand That organ sound It sounds like A, a circus music to me Right
4: And, yeah. and, and I While well, I appreciate <laughs> right. The fact
3: that he's a left-handed keyboard bass player. Yeah. There's a reason why bands have bass players. Yeah. Right. It's called feel. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot about them that I don't like and I don't I was never a Jim Morrison fan sorry right. to say
2: yeah. that's what overrated I Yeah. kind of like yeah, yeah, you're, a, you're, a wild guy, you're a wild guy that writes poetry good yeah. for you yeah at <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. You
3: know, the time when everybody was buying it it was great and you know well,
2: no I I had a, a good <laughs> year that I was obsessed with the Doors and mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. I loved everything about them and then for some reason after that year I just stopped and they were fascinating for a little while and then after a while I was yeah. like, Well, I'm gonna go back to the guitar stuff. And I just didn't like Robbie Krieger's good yeah, but, mm-hmm.
3: but it just it just never yeah, clicked was, all the no, way. No, it didn't oh. it didn't it didn't hit the right buttons and, and Love made, the movie though. The movie did a great job. Yeah. yeah good job, true. Oliver Stone
2: Well, I I'll interject real quick with uh, one of my picks you know, we're not going in any order, we're just no. bullshit. Nah, no, no, yeah. But uh Matthew Fisher from Procol Harum. Uh, I think absolutely. A Wider Shade of Pale, I mm-hmm. think, is one of the greatest songs ever made. Yeah. that's absolutely. That is a timeless song. And yeah, you can tell it's from the 60s, but it still evokes so much emotion even now. Although, and I even, I, I tried to make it more palatable to our audience. I played the Doro cover of it,
1: which is yeah, good. Oh, too. There you go. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's good. But
2: talk about a, a keyboard part that is eternal.
3: Yes, His, absolutely. Classic. That,
2: that keyboard line is just—it's great, and it yeah, evokes emotion. So,
3: and again, that's the organ. And I—I
2: like, yeah, don't, don't know any other call Hiram songs, <laughs> but that one's good enough
3: for me. Yeah, I hear yeah. uh, yeah, well, you. So they were—they were a little esoteric, kind of. Did you, you know, listen to them? Yeah, back yeah, in the day? yeah, yeah. There was uh, every once in a while they come out with something that was really. Cool. Yeah. But, but um, that song
2: really was. Yeah. Oh, that yeah was that's shit. where you came yeah. home, you
3: know. That's that's quintessential '60s organ yeah. classic right
2: there. And I've, every now and then I'll post that the song for that from YouTube on my Facebook wall, and I'll inevitably get a handful of people that'll say that. Like some people even say that song brings them to tears. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, it really,
0: yeah. it
2: just does something to people. When that's I the organ
3: least, you know. equivalent of stairway to heaven. It
2: kind oh, of is. Yeah, 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 you're right. So I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for such an obvious pick, but, no. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, because. <laughs> Does, does keyboard shops have a no pro car <laughs> no wider shade of fail allowed in this store no because you know that, cause it, cause
3: still if you could play it you, you, you still get it right. I'm sure it's not right. I'm sure it's
2: not a, not sure it's not a hard line to play is it no yeah, it's pretty no. simple no but it's just you so have emotion though, but that's yeah. a Hammond B3 too yes, isn't it? yes. and the Hammond yeah. B3 is going to come up throughout this talk I
3: have because it was well without it I mean that's really what that's the instrument that Allows a keyboard player to stand on equal ground with a guitar player. Yeah, that's the only, and it's really that maybe a world it's electric piano, right. Or clavinet. There's really no other keyboards that can do it. Casio, you know, without, <laughs> 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 nah. Depends on what kind of band you're in, you know. Yeah. If you're a
1: Devo,
4: it
3: works. But. Although I did use Casio samplers uh, when they made them. They were good samplers, but oh, okay. That's what that's what I used to use with you know who oh yeah they, with, with uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we,
2: had, we were both at they the want your samples and... uh no yeah. But yeah, oh, <laughs> listen <laughs> we to we the other we were the age again.
1: where yes <laughs> we actually had the little Casios when we were oh doing yeah. Yeah. yeah I would write
2: songs through those because oh, yeah. Yeah. I also had fun. the little drum machine on them like <laughs> set that to 4-4 four, four time and just go to town on it yeah. and it was like
3: 200 bucks when it came out right oh yeah awesome those were fun fun little toy yeah the
2: Casios were great for my age group because it was like it was accessible music yeah I learned how to play "Let It Be" on that
1: on that old right. Casio keyboard. Like I learned how to play the intro to "Home Sweet Home." <laughs> oh yeah, and
2: me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go. I was like, "Wow, Tommy Lee's an amazing writer." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, I
3: think that's the keyboard song. That's that's the, where they put the sign up in the store. None, none allowed. Yeah, Is no that, that? Sweet yeah, "Home no Sweet <laughs> Home." All yeah.
2: through the '80s, no "Home <laughs> yeah. Sweet Home." Yeah, yeah. Enough of that shit. But so yeah, Pro yeah. Call Harm, Matthew mm-hmm. Fisher, you know, good on you for that. So yeah,
1: right on. So you talk about beating into the Beatles and the David. Clark 5, what about the Beach Boys? Does that fall in line with the Doors? I'm not a Beach no, Boys no, band, no, but, no, I gotta, but I no. got to
3: understand, Brian Wilson is yeah, it, yeah. yeah, 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 they were kind of like, um, well, they were around before the Beatles. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they were cool in that. And plus, you know, they were also on the Ed Sullivan Show regularly. So that, that was also a good Sunday night if yeah. they were going to be on.
2: Well, that Pet Sounds album. Well, but yeah, yeah that, well, that really a, took them to another level, right? Yeah,
3: well, that was. Brian Wilson's response to Sergeant Pepper. It
2: was, by, it was also him losing his mind. Right. But yeah. The, you right. Know, it came at a price. Yeah. But it was. I'm right. sure people. When that, when that came out, people must have been like, "What the fuck? They're like, this is a complete <laughs> left turn from yes. I Get Around, and yeah. you know, yeah. Help Me Rhonda, and all that." Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, I never took him. When I was a kid, all I heard was that classic stuff where, you know, it would be true to your school and all yeah, And I'd be like, this is the lamest stuff I've ever heard. And then a friend of mine was like, you haven't heard Pet Sounds yet. That sounds and he played that cool. for me. And I'm like, wow, this, yeah. is, uh, this is really impressive. But, yeah. That's, so, yeah. A great, that's a great piece of work. But, uh, and then Charles Manson, the Lost speech Boy. But... Uh, yeah, we yeah. that's a that's a story we do a whole show on that yeah but, absolutely uh, so you weren't big into them at the time
3: um, well they no, just kinda... I mean, yeah they just were I mean they were always around but it wasn't you know that was the California scene yeah, oh, yeah.
2: which you grew up on the east coast yeah, yeah and
3: I was you know and for me it was by the, once the British invasion thing started it, it was all about that
2: right it just took over
3: America what grabs you next Deep Purple
2: yeah, John Lord. John Probably Lord. the ultimate of Yeah, everything. absolutely. The ultimate
3: heavy metal keyboard player, even then. I mean, once he, once he came on, to in, my attention was there. That's pretty much it, really. Yeah. As far as organ playing guys that, that stand up to guitar players. Oh, totally. Him and <laughs> Blackmore together. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Just,
3: yeah. All the way Man. through. I mean, even, even when it changed to synthesizers or right. added synthesizers in the later days, he still managed to sound right. like a man.
2: Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, you watch that old footage of him playing. I mean, he's like beating the living shit out yeah. of that uh, organ. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, and the like, highway stars. Yeah. I, yeah. That's oh, yeah, like, a... it just it's
4: but a ferocious
1: it's like, yeah. sound yes yeah. it's, it's like you say when you know the the organ can stand up with the guitar Totally everything else toe to toe yeah and that's where you get John Lord yeah we could do a whole yeah. show on
2: him yeah, yeah. yeah. Lost, yeah. Uh, full of yeah. examples of how great he was cause, yeah. and, he, yeah, and we lost him recently but yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a but, shame and it's a real shame because you know I would have liked to have heard him on the the new stuff that they're doing yeah
1: because that new Deep Purple's pretty mm-hmm. good. good yeah, yeah, yeah. did it with Bob Ezrin here in town but uh yeah did he play
2: keyboards? I don't, on? No, what? I think wasn't he gone by that time. I don't know. I don't Bob know. Ezrin is a big keyboard oh, yeah. producer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. did he play on Kiss stuff? Did he play on Pink Floyd stuff? I mean, did he play on all kinds of stuff?
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't. Did Ezrin probably play the piano part on Beth? Probably. Yes. Yeah. I'm assuming That's what, he what I was did. thinking. It wasn't you know? Peter? No.
1: <laughs> no. You know, no, and no. talking about Pink Floyd. What about Rick Wright? I mean, did you get into Pink Floyd, or did you stick with? Um, the no, I was stuff? a Pink Floyd guy.
3: Oh, I loved it. I remember cutting out of school and and going to see the Pink Floyd at the Coliseum that live you know doing acid with my friends in high school and yeah. you know, going down to the theater and sitting there and watching that thing three or four times in a row and what, what
2: year are we talking about?
3: 70 well it was right before I got my first synthesizer okay so we're talking about 71 72 cool you know um, Mini Move were basically the only thing that was mm-hmm. commercially available as a synthesizer yeah yeah and, uh, and Sam Ash was direct, diagonally across the street from the movie theater, and so right. I was in the music store. And I would go over to the theater and watch the Pink Floyd movie, and right. yeah, you know, true cool. about the.
2: Well, it wasn't kind of a special thing to be a keyboard player in those days. Like, did you you probably never wanted for a gig much? Right? Um, or were there a lot of people? Was it a it was it a chic thing to be a keyboard player at the time in rock bands?
3: No, I, I wasn't. It's, it's always been a it's always been a weird. Instrument uh, as far as what, because it was an instrument that not every band had. Right. It wasn't a, an instrument that had to be in the band. All right.
2: Yeah. I got to think when prog rock took off, it became more. Of well, then band it became, a more, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. when, like
3: Emerson, Lake and Palmer.
2: I'm not an ELP yes. or a Yes fan, but for keyboard players, yes, you're, they're probably yeah, they're top
3: are, of the heap. And that was my high school years.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you're about you were you
3: into all that? that? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. I was a so Keith Emerson. Like, he was on my bedroom wall in high school
2: well I mean right. I don't I don't discredit him as a no, player course, I mean yeah. amazing but yeah, it yeah. just I don't need 16 yes. minutes oh, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I get you it because I you
3: know give it to me in
2: 5 minutes or less and I'm good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, we were just talking last week with Luke about I don't need a 13 minute Iron Maiden song it's just right. too much for me right. Right. you know don't bore us get to the chorus you know but yeah but yeah, yeah. It was a different.
3: I was when I was 17 and testosterone was pumping through my body, and and yeah. it was about how many, how fast you could play and how many notes you could play. Well, because it put
2: the keyboard player
3: center stage. Yeah, that it did. So, that yeah, it did.
2: It makes you the star of the show.
3: Yeah, so which you, I never really wanted. That no was, you didn't. No, no, no. See, so, to me. And that, and I guess that's also the difference of how I look at keyboard players. There? I go. I like the keyboard players that are the guys that are the, basically the equivalent of a rhythm guitar player. Right. You know, like Lock people, in. people appreciate like Keith Richards' guitar playing sure. because of his feel. It's not about his chops. Right. I like the guys that do that mm-hmm. as opposed to the guys that could create the groove of the song, not necessarily play an eighty thousand mile an hour solo. Right. right? And so, you know, that's the stuff that I like. And, you know, John Lord, if you listen to his organ parts, I mean, they're, they're rhythm guitar parts.
2: Oh, they're sure. There, they, they lock in the guitar parts. Yeah. You know, he didn't go so well. yeah. a million miles an hour. He would, Unless he, want, you he know, he, inter- he could. Yeah. But he always would hook back into what Richie mm-hmm. was playing. It was musical. Yeah. Man. So it wasn't the equivalent of shredding on the guitar right, or whatever. Right. Exactly. Which, but, you know, there's something to be said for that, too. It just... It's all, sure. it's all dependent upon sure. taste.
1: Sure. Well, with John Lord, it's the equivalent of having big, crunchy riffs uh, right. uh, well, on the uh, Yeah. I had, like ACDC. We, yeah, we keep going know. back. But yeah. yeah, he just,
2: the guy, could, I mean, Deep Purple could could have almost sustained themselves without a guitarist because of mm-hmm. how he played but yeah. it just made them that much more powerful mm-hmm. and did you ever get to see them back in the day live
3: um, with him? No, I, but I do have like, I have videos from back in yeah. the day with him and it just I can and, imagine live it must have been just
2: amazing Yeah Yeah you know,
3: And it's again, you know it's all that it's the organ again, it's, it's down to the freaking so Hammond
2: And also, I hate to derail things How the fuck are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I
3: I don't, it I don't makes know. It makes no sense at all. I don't... It no, makes big, absolutely no sense at all. It's as
2: big, if not a bigger crime, than KISS yeah. not getting it for all those Well, shares. I'm going to say, I might catch some
1: hell for this. It's a bigger crime. <clears throat> yeah. It yeah. is. It, it is. is. Deep Purple should have been in way before KISS. Yes. But then KISS should have been in way for a bunch of other bands that shouldn't even mm-hmm. be there. But... Let's
2: not... Come on. Public Enemy was very influential on rock and roll. Come on.
3: <laughs> bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Everybody should be in it. But... Yeah. Yes, yeah, but Deep Parable, I, and they're still not in it, right? No. no. no that that is, that is they absolutely, have to be
2: next, and even yeah, even Paul Stanley was like. Deep Purple has to go next. Right, Come on, yeah. guys! I think all three yeah. of us here Deep all agree. Deep Purple, you know, Cheap Trick, you know Judas are. Priest, yes. Iron Maiden. Even mm-hmm. if even if I don't like their 13-minute songs, deserve to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well put, man. Yeah. Well put. Sorry to get on my soapbox. No, it's okay. Oh, That's right. Right. okay. So, That's So, but yeah, ELP and Yes.
3: Yeah, they, they hold a special place. <laughs> yeah, I got a figure. And yeah, Rick Wakeman with his you know oh six God. wives ahead of the eighth album was huge to me. Right? Yeah. Because no you could sit you could open up the this thing you know it was a vinyl and so yeah. it was a big 12 inch cover and you could open it up and see as a complete keyboard rig on the inside cover which
2: is and, massive yeah yeah
3: and so I used to sit there in, in my you know bedroom and stare at that right. and listen to it. So
2: you didn't have penis envy, you had keyboard envy. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, know, I just wrote that very statement to Derek oh, did uh, you? the other day. He had a he had a picture of his organ on Derek Yeah. Oh,
4: really? Yeah. And I said, boy, he's
3: boy, a I have, great player, too. I have too. keyboard yeah. Yeah. Because he, he just put together a really nice rig for... Uh, he plays with Joe Bon and Masa.
2: Oh, is he? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I wrote that <laughs> yeah, beautiful Hammond and you know he did it right so yeah
2: that guy's a monster player too yeah, yeah. yeah he's played with everybody he's, a, yeah. he's yeah. definitely
3: one of the you know
2: yeah and he could, he's a yeah, yeah, and he'll, he'll fly too. all over that thing yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he dream theater and everything yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, he, he also played with Inver.
2: Yeah, yeah, played with Kiss too. Yeah, that's all yeah. of my resume. I, I doubt that he he had to struggle much for Kiss and stuff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you. I,
1: well,
3: yeah.
2: well, he had to hold back. I mean, playing yeah. for Kiss, he yeah. probably Absolutely. wanted to go. Nuts. That,
1: that yeah. would have been the hard yeah. part for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to kind of be the hard part about mm-hmm. being a keyboard player. I mean, when you see that there's places where you know, for example, we were talking about Paul Brown earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how, how we'd seen him with Dick Wagner, and Dick Wagner during that show gave him a whole part where he just mm-hmm. let him. Bust out what I call a... Uh, you know, a mind blistering. It was shredding organ, on a keyboard. Yeah, keyboard yeah. solo. It was amazing. He was like a mad scientist or something. <laughs> there was a bunch of us that were standing there. We were rocking out. And all of a sudden, this dude starts doing his thing, and I look around. And everybody's eyes are wide open. They're it looking was at impressive. each
2: other. Like, holy shit! Look yeah. at this guy go,
1: and he was awesome. Well, because it's out of character to see mm-hmm. a keyboard yeah. player take over like that.
3: You know, especially it's, these it's, days, yeah. nobody allows it.
1: Yeah. 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 See, that's got to be the tough for the toughest part for the keyboard player, huh? When you know there's times where you think, man, this would be a great place to rock it out, and then you just kind of gotta. No, I'm playing country. Yeah. So see? I get to do it. Right? You know? Yeah. But,
3: uh, With country music, is it just. Do you ever get a chance? Do they let you? Oh, yeah. It's way more challenging, keyboard technique wise, to yeah. play the stuff I'm playing now than, than KISS. Really? It's probably not oh, much yeah. fun. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Okay. It, it, you know, for. You, don't to, worry nobody that listens to country is right, listening
3: right. to this it's a it's just two different ways of playing you know the way i played when i played with kiss i was be i was playing to not be hurt right i was playing to beefing make up the sound bigger yeah. right. and not not for to be noticed as keyboards just bigger sound right whatever, you know. right so you and know that's completely different than moves. playing piano and you know, organ, like I do, with country, right, huh? you know, but country is basically because it's Southern Rock, There's these Right. Guys, so yeah, it's piano and organ again. Once again, it's piano and organ.
1: Right, cool. cool. What about Skinner? Do you love Skinner? love Skinner. I bet you do. Oh, Billy Powell, yeah. Billy Billy
2: amazing a, player,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is he absolutely. still doing
2: it, too? He died. Oh, he, he died. did? Did he pass away? Yeah. He away? God, are any of those guys left? I don't mm-hmm. know how, if, I think... Ian has
3: gone on. I mean, well, yeah.
2: Gary Rossington's still around, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think I he think might be the last one. Or wow. Artemis Pyle is still around, too.
3: Artemis isn't playing with him anymore. No, he
2: he had to play with him a long yeah. time. But, man, that's, a, oh, that's such a tragic story. But Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I just, and
3: Artemis, too. I mean, the story, like, he not only survived the plane, but then he didn't get shot, like, trying to get help.
2: I don't know if he got shot, but he... He, like, had to go through swamps with alligators yeah. and shit just to get help. And go I over barbed wire fences. on a farm and shot him with that. a shotgun. He went through hell like just saving them. But, yeah, he saved most of their lives that Jeez. night. But.
3: but back in the, even, like, on the Hot in the Shade tour, those guys, anytime it was uh, more than 400 miles, they would do a little plane. Yeah. And I, w- I would do it. I would, You'd ride the bus? Yeah, I'd the, I used to ride the bus. I loved it. Yeah. And that was great to have the bus to myself. I don't need
4: to deal with you
2: guys. Yeah. I'll, I'll just ride the bus with the crew and hang out. And, yeah.
3: Well, that yeah. was, you know what? That was the way I learned, you know, the, all the stuff that I had to know for the Cinderella tour, which right. immediately followed, yeah. I learned on Kiss's bus. So
2: you were kind of pulling double duty from well, the
3: bands? Or, was or you went like from one
2: to the other. Yeah, one right? to
3: the other. Yeah. I never did both at the same time, but. But yeah, that was how I was able to do it because they'd fly, and I would yeah. bring my keyboard up on the bus. And so you just don't about, like
2: flying that much?
3: I don't. I don't really like it, and uh, those little planes just suck. Man. Yeah, yeah. Just...
2: yeah. it seems glamorous until you yeah, get all one you of
3: them. Yeah, try to get you in a friggin' minivan with wings. Yeah, it's, it's like not... a tin
2: can. Yeah. 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 You
3: know, you're not talking about like G fours and shit. We're talking about like little twin props and shit.
2: Yeah, and the man. Hot yeah. in the Shade tour, they weren't flying in G fours. No. They yeah. were flying on the Indians plane from Major League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all five of you that listen will get that. Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. Movie from thirty years ago.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, um, so, all right. So yeah, the Skinner Billy Powell. Yeah,
3: great, great keyboard player. Good player. Man. All right. So but we
2: move into the seventies. Um, I was going to talk about, and this is not a keyboard player per se, but he played the part. Um, Foreplay going into a long time about oh, Boston. awesome. Absolutely uh, awesome. just a, I mean, just a, a kick-ass part and, and, yes. and, and really unique. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't hear anything like that back in those days. It was...
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And once again, that's all Hammond organ. Yeah, think. and... <laughs> Well actually fam
2: and M3 not b right, right. I read up oh, on that. Right. Yeah cuz yeah. Tom Schultz could not afford a, a yes. B3 at the time. Oh well. shit. <laughs> yeah yeah cuz it was that's expensive cool now. Yeah. yeah and it was a, sure. a and I got to think by the mid 70s those things were in high demand. Mm-hmm. So they except could jack sure. up the price
3: on them. A, except for one thing we did we did actually skip over probably one of the greatest most talented keyboard players ever. Who's that? John Paul Jones. Yeah. And yeah, he did all that Zeppelin stuff. Yes, he did. And I, and and you know what? The stuff that he he's like the perfect example of like a guy who plays the stuff that glues it all together.
2: Oh, he's the unsung hero of the yeah, band. Yeah,
3: for sure. You know. He's the guy. You could almost listen to the stuff and not even realize this key that, that it is keyboard right. that, that's doing it. And that that see that's the key to me of a great keyboard. Player. Yeah. Well,
2: he's and he's Probably as much as I do love Jimmy Page and John Bonham, John Paul Jones is probably the most together musician in the band, mm-hmm. I and mean, for, yeah. for that keyboard stuff, and then also the bass playing stuff. Like everybody talks about Geddy Lee, and he's great right. as a bass player and Cliff Burton and everything, but man, John Paul Jones. Li- yeah. Listen to the bass line on well, anything, but on uh, "Ramble On" a lot. Oh, absolutely, you yeah, know,
3: yeah he just he's said, like my, one of my favorites. The shit that yeah. he's doing on that mm-hmm.
2: song is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he carries that entire song. Because yeah. if you take the guitar part for ram it's extremely simple. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it. He's doing everything in between and making right. that song what it is. He's
3: yeah. doing all the work. Yeah. Have you got the, I got for my birthday this year, the, the three uh, new releases. I haven't them. heard it
2: mean? yet. I've heard it was good, though. Oh, my
3: gosh. And, you know, the alternate versions of the songs that, you know, from the albums right. that you you that you've been, that I've been listening to since they came out, you know, 40, 50 years, whatever. However, long, a long I time ago. Throw me off and get all depressed, but uh, yeah, the alternate versions that come with it are unbelievable. To hear stuff that you're so familiar with for all that time, and you're to right. hear these completely other versions, right? Yeah, it's, it's amazing.
2: Well, it's almost like you're sitting in the studio with yeah,
3: them. and you really get a clear understanding of why they did certain things and why certain things happened the way they did. That's really cool. But yeah, that yeah. John Paul Jones stuff. And you know, he ended up doing um, a couple of tracks on the Cinderella on the Heartbreak Station record. He did? He did uh, string arrangements on on the song Heartbreak Station. Uh-huh. And then there's a song, it's the last song on the album. The song, the track that closes the record
4: uh-huh.
3: uh, it was called Wind of Change. Yeah. And it was funny because the first time I heard it, there was something about it that was really familiar to me. Right. And I couldn't put my finger on it and I kept, what the hell? You know, why does it sound like something else? And it was a Ze- it was a Zeppelin thing because and I because I later found out that he had done the orchestration wow. string arrangement on the song. I didn't know that. I didn't
1: know that either.
3: That's,
2: That's... awesome so and Jeff Lavar and Tom mm-hmm. Kiefer I know both are massive Zeppelin fans so they sure. must have been shitting themselves when he was there. Mm-hmm.
3: well we got to meet Jimmy Page but, um, we, we, we were on tour on, on the Hawk Lake Station tour
4: uh-huh.
3: we were staying at a hotel in Florida on Miami Beach mm-hmm. and um, do you remember Steve Wood which was uh, Cinderella's tour manager mm-hmm. back then he, well, he, he was an Englishman yeah and um, he worked with Larry Mazer. The, the yeah I the remember him yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and um Yeah Larry Mazur kind of took you with him, didn't
3: he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Steve, he was Steve was like Larry's right hand and so he would go out and be the tour manager for the acts that Larry managed pretty much at the time. Right. And so um he had done something with Jimmy Page back in, in England. Mm-hmm. And so we were staying at this place in Miami Beach and it turned out Jimmy Page was staying there as well. And, they, and Steve bumped into him in the lobby and said, listen, you know, guys that I'm out with are huge fans. Would you mind getting together, meeting, saying hello? And he, he was a real sweetheart. He said, no problem. Mm-hmm. He said, well, how about about 4 o'clock this afternoon? Mm-hmm. Everybody said, yeah, great. About 1.30, we got a call him in my room from, from Steve saying, he just called me up. He's coming down now. He, he was going to take a nap. He couldn't sleep. He called me. He said, he wants must come over now. Nice. So we all ran over, you know,
0: <laughs> no <laughs> like problem. Page yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Page. And this guy <laughs> sat there
3: and talked about Led Zeppelin and told us stories like a bunch of kids for like hours in, nice. in Steve's group.
2: That's got to be like and, a highlight of your life. Absolutely. Wow. It was
3: unbelievable and he just you know just the same way we're, we're sitting and talking now he was sitting and very matter of factly talking about all that stuff
1: I was going to say it's too bad you didn't have one of these bad boys yeah, you, you, know, had you had much the much greatest podcast of all that's time that's how you listen to that <laughs> yeah, over and over again. you just release the same one every
2: week <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, all all it again said, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah but it was so cool to just oh, sit there and listen to it I, I, wow. I haven't even said anything I just listened you know oh
1: yeah
2: what do you do the other yeah. please keep talking I want to hear all of this yeah, yeah no stories about mud sharks
1: or anything, though, <laughs> you <know>,
3: right? No, <laughs> No. those are all in the books. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I read about that all day long.
1: So, yeah, I'm right on. What else around that time?
3: Anything mm. else? I'm trying to think, there's anything else that. Would be of interest. Well, well um, because
1: we're starting, we're back in rolling out of the seventies into 70s, the eighties, you know. And yeah. you said this where things kind of got weird.
3: Eighties well, is where it gets well, weird, before, yeah, because of synths, because of synthesizers.
2: Well, before, speaking of that, let me ask you this: Are you a big Who fan? Yes. Bob O'Reilly. Yes. Now, is that a keyboard
3: or a synthesizer? Yes, synthesizer.
2: Okay, because that was well, it's both. A, it's
3: piano in there too. I always
2: wondered what the hell that was that was being was playing that Day, right? the that's, opening. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, a, yeah, that's a synthesizer. Too that's incredible I, mm-hmm. I just I give Pete Townshend because Pete Townshend one of my picks yeah, Cause I, like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good because so, like Bob O'Reilly <laughs> is one of the chef, greatest yeah. rock songs ever created And but I always I was like I'm going to wait till Gary gets here and I'm going to ask him Absolutely. what is
3: that playing that's yeah, an ARC 2600 oh you actually know what it is oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. oh yeah I used to drool over every one of those synthesizers at Sam Ashford's. oh did you oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. cool yeah.
2: so that yeah because that line was amazing Hmm. yeah
3: but you know, it's just a—it's not it's what's called an arpeggiator mm-hmm. on, a, on a synthesizer.
2: But it's really just a couple of things, and it's looped, isn't it? Yeah, it's.
3: So. Just, it, I mean, all he had to do is hold down. Mm-hmm. No, well, I don't know how it was actually programmed on that keyboard, but you know, yeah. it's not much different than the uh, keyboard that I wrote the riff to She-Bop for. No, oh, is it? <laughs> right, that's the same thing. It's just me taking my hand off and stopping it. Okay. If I, if, you know, so that's how it happened.
2: Well, that was <laughs> also one of my picks with Gary. Cooper.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, <mine>. I
2: was <laughs> going to talk <laughs> to you about that actually. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Well, we, we could talk about that. Hey, yeah, like, I know Cindy
2: cool. not our usual
3: demographic, cool. but, yeah,
2: but that's still. that's a very fucking iconic song. I mean, that yeah. was a big fucking hit, you know? Yeah. And especially that was a part of my childhood. I remember when that song came out. I remember it was on sure. a like, radio. Yeah. Lou
3: Albano Oh yeah Cindy Lauper was a
1: big deal When
3: yeah. I was a kid Did you ever get to meet Captain Lou? No oh, oh, man. man I was a big wrestling fan Yeah uh, Like that Like his era of wrestling <laughs> Right was, right. When no, well, I was a kid How did you end up Hooking up with her? With Cindy? Yeah. Um, she was in Blue Angel uh-huh. And they had just Done one album And broken up and she was looking for a deal. She
2: was like a punk musician. Yeah, and and I
3: loved Blue Angel. Blue Angel was. A and they great... used
2: to play at Coventry, where Kiss used to start out. Yeah,
3: I mean they were. Yeah, yeah. it was just another wow. club. And then yeah. and you, and She's I tell you that's an album wow. worth looking up on you know, oh, Blue, Blue, Blue Angel. Angel, Blue Angel. I've never heard. That. I think the 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 single off of it was called Maybe He'll Know. They mm-hmm. almost had like a '60s girl group sound. Right. Where she sang, and um, when they, when she when the band broke up. She ended up having uh, this manager named Dave, Dave Wolf. The, okay. He was the guy that was her love interest in the videos all the time. The,
2: the time after time video? Yeah, with the gray,
3: skinny guy with the gray So that gray wasn't shirt. really her
2: boyfriend, that was her manager? Well,
3: they ended up getting married. They I was going to say, because yeah, oh. like, in that video, they seemed like they were really a real yeah, couple. Yeah, they ended up becoming a couple and getting married. So yeah, I remember
2: that video. You like booked that
3: perfectly. My my early mm. times of
2: watching MTV, that video was on all yeah. the Yeah, sure it was. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, somebody just sent me a text the other day that that song, uh, Rolling Stone just released some like top 100 singles of...
2: That one it, should be it, up there. It, it, it is. It it's was not, on the list. It's not, what, not really hard rock by any means, no. but, it's a, but it's a great ballad, especially for that. Because <laughs> that was, a, in my opinion, the early 80s were kind mm-hmm. of a barren period for pop music. Like I did not get into the whole new wave thing. I wasn't a big Cars fan and all that. Duran Duran. Mm -hmm. I just kind of like Duran Duran. Well, like I have friends that it's all it all depends on when you went to high school, right? Because like I have friends that went to high school then, and they're like, "Oh, that's the greatest period ever." I'm like, "Well, of course." Like that period sucks. I'm like, "No." But I just did not like Gary Newman and all that uh,
3: you know. Thomas Dolby yeah and, no. and
2: uh,
3: Howard Jones
2: It was just an odd music. period for music but mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper put amazing. out some really quality material well, because she's
3: a great she's still I mean she's amazing singer Yeah, really good singer yeah, yeah.
2: and like I always thought her cartoonish image played against her as far yeah. as her talent. I think recognized. it hurt her at
3: the, at, at the time yeah. I think it did because like I, I, and I don't think the wrestling helped her. No. when she did it. Remember and that, that girl Wendy Richter that she was yeah. like, the female he was wrestler. all tied in with oh, the wrestling. Yeah. yeah
1: she was challenging Moolah at that. Moolet, Wrestlemania. Yeah. Ethics, the fabulous right. Moolah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I haven't heard that name in years. And the year. was so involved yeah. in it. it. It was, was cool when he was in the videos but yeah, yeah. for her to show up at the wrestling.
1: And... Right, yeah. Cause she was doing stuff with Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and Yeah, all I
2: think that. It, it gave her like a quick shot in the arm publicity wise but it mm-hmm. hurt her talent mm-hmm. being recognized. Mm-hmm. Right. They yeah. were like, "Oh, this is a goofy chick this with weird and wrestling hair." Wrestling was yeah. kind of
1: cartoony, and yeah. she t- it was, it was very cartoony. And then, yeah, became yeah. yeah. and also and it worked.
3: But right. any, you know, anytime you do something like anything, you do a novelty thing. Novelties go away, right? Right, and you can't.
4: Yeah, you turn off
2: a, a portion of the public. Yeah, but yeah, she's a great singer. I mean, very, under, under, very underrated yeah. singer yeah. by yeah. a lot of people. But yeah, she's put out good stuff. But yeah, so so you started working with her back in the early '80s. Well, I
3: never, I been, really didn't do much other than that song with her. We, Just, you know, we. What happened was she was, um, so she was matched by Dave Wolf, and there was a guy who, uh, I was in a band that was on uh, Mercury Records as well, <laughs> and um, we were getting ready to do our second record. What was that called? What band? Well, we'll we'll get back to that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you
2: were the Indian, or were you the? uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I was the traffic (laughs) cop. It's a cheap joke. I (laughs) took it. (laughs) I'm sorry.
3: But we were getting ready to do this record, and we were looking for a producer. And um, the label put us in the uh, in the studio with a couple of different choices. All right. And so we're in the so we I met this guy named Steve Lunt, who. Ended up not producing the record, but we ended up writing together. And so she was managed by him and and, and by his same person that matched him. And so when we would write songs together, she would sing our demos, basically. Uh-huh. And so she came over to sing demos for us one night and heard the music track to Shebop and just went... I want to do this. Because yeah. she had just gotten her deal with Sony. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, let me write the lyrics. All, all it was was a music track. Right, it was basically just sitting and screwing around with the arpeggiator yeah. on, on the synthesizer. Yeah, because we the asked condition.
2: you the last time about the song, and yeah. you made it clear you only worked on the music, you didn't yeah, work on the yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
3: Because
2: <laughs> yeah. the song's about, as Aaron said in the interview, flicking the beam. Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
3: right, <laughs> well, and that's where she came into the equation, and she took it and wrote the lyrics. and Huge shit. yeah.
2: And then boom, and then you got mailbox yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's good.
3: Time of year again, but it's just, you know <laughs> that's you know the, the 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 arpeggiator is the key to a couple of good riffs like that.
2: That's a cool. That's a cool machine. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, the, like I said, with Bob O'Reilly, it's mm-hmm. it's such an odd sounding thing, but it works so well. And, and like you'd have the the loop thing going and then the piano part comes in and it's mm-hmm. just three chords yeah but it's three great chords and that's yeah. uh I think that's one of the greatest rock anthems ever written
3: you gotta watch that uh, Quadrophenia uh, yeah I haven't watched it yet cause he ta- he deals with a lot he goes with into NBA, all how he he's in the studio and yeah. it's a lot of Townsend explaining how it was all done it's great well he's
2: a fucking genius when it comes to arranging stuff and doing yeah. recording I mean yeah.
3: It's, and you hear it's some amazing. of the personal stories that you know the crazy Keith Moon stories like the first night of the quadrophenia tour he had done elephant tranquilizing <laughs> 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 and it passed out during the show. I mean, you know, just stuff oh, like yeah, that. Nice. And it's stuff that, you know, I was in high school. Oh, so there, I remember is, the drummer, right?
2: is there a drummer in the house? Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah. The That's Cow that, Palace, right? right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yep. And, and they actually, had a fan come up and play with them. And That's they actually true.
3: have video of this.
2: Okay. Yeah, I saw yeah. it recently and I was like, Holy I didn't know that it actually happened. Like mm-hmm. that somebody actually like got up like, and played with them. It sounds it. like
3: one of those urban legends. No, this
2: kid got up and finished the set for them. Absolutely.
3: That's crazy. I can do it. Yeah. But apparently Keith Moon did elephant tranquilizer and at first he, he came off from behind the drums and he was a fucking mess and they got him to sit back down and play a couple more songs I and mean, then they said he just turned to a jello. he just passed oh, no. out and he was hunched oh it's hard to watch yeah. Yeah. it's
2: like they have footage of him falling apart on the scene yeah. and it's just Dang. like oh my god because the guy was an incredible drummer yeah. and like just he watching him completely and wasted. just watching him just fall apart and like yeah. you can you can see and they, I think they cut to Roger at one point he's just shaking his head just yeah. like what the fuck Oh, no. And <laughs> then there's also a story on this thing
3: about Daltrey and, and Townsend getting in a fistfight. Oh, they theater. they
2: never liked each other. No,
3: to this but, day they don't well, like each but other. But Daltrey actually knocked Townsend out. That
2: doesn't surprise me. Pete Townsend could be a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm sure, sure it, he could have been, been very egotistical guy. Mm-hmm. But but again, he's, he's earned it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, some of the stuff that guy's written. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
3: Well, they said um, that the who? Let me know who. They felt like session musicians on that record because it was basically a Townsend solo project, right? And he told them at what note every note to play. Yeah, and they just had a bit had of a, a dictator for it, you know. Yeah. Which I can see as well. You know, we look at it as fans, and I think, "What, come on, he's Pete Townsend? Well, you know, well, to, you know turn Turned out to, all right to them, he was but, just a guitar player. Well, then. that's why I
2: picked him because it's like he's yeah, he's an he's a guitar god, literally. Right. Oh, absolutely. But. The keyboard Musical stuff genius. that the guy did, mm-hmm. like, or Who Are You, and, ah, yeah, yeah. or even his solo stuff, uh, Let My Love Open the Door, That's a cool keyboard part, R- you know? Bale,
3: Rough Boys, and uh, that, yeah. that's, that record, yeah. He wrote some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. All
1: right, um, how about Don Airy? You know Don Airy? Yeah, Crowley's? down here yeah, yeah there's Ozzy and, 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 yeah, and, and, and Mr. Crowley uh, Yeah. Yeah, white snake. Mr.
3: Crowley's a great Yeah, yeah, great great um Yeah, I love Mr. Crowley. Yeah. And of of all the um eighties ish, you yeah. know, like with mean, the stereotypical eighties keyboard stuff. Right. His stuff was the cool, or, like the zone. cool some yeah. of the coolest stuff ever, you know. Yeah. Like the, his synth sounds at least were like nice, warm, cool sound. He always had because that's what it became it came, became all about the the sounds that people use because all of a sudden it wasn't cool to use the organ anymore you know
2: yeah the organ became yeah. very passe then, mm-hmm. especially by the mid 80s yeah. like, oh you're not going to play that anymore. yeah nobody wanted yeah. to hear it oh, anymore it
1: didn't just it didn't gel well with the flashy but the, the, the truth is you know what I then you it got, got it never... back there playing mm-hmm. the organ with Poison dancing around you <laughs> <the game. laughs> <laughs> oh dirty to me with John Lord <laughs> They so you're remember. just standing there looking ominous,
4: you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally out of place.
3: <laughs> it's true, man. It's nice. a, but the organ should, uh, always could stand up to the guitar. It's the sounds that the it's the synth sounds that just really
1: yeah. It lightened up quite a bit. Yeah, because you got to think of some of that stuff, well, you it's know. The, it
3: the jump. Think Of the jumps, synthesis, that's in what I side. think of,
1: you know. That that's, was would
3: have been another Andy one. Of Van Eddie Van things. Halen
1: did change, and
2: I was gonna Absolutely. I was gonna mention Eddie Van Halen was one of my picks. I never understand because me, but... I love I'll Wait, like it's right. Van Halen doing a song with barely any
3: guitar on mm-hmm. it, but it's still, and it works. Yeah, that well, one does work. That, well. That whole album, that 5150 album, is a great one. Well, that's 84. Well, even, yeah, even when it really started, oh, yeah, yeah, was the last
2: one with right, right, and right, actually. Right, yeah. Yeah. It was a big part of why Dave left because Dave did not like no. the keyboard. Oh, and but he, then he had
3: Brett Toggle in his band.
2: A heat well, that's he had, that's Brett because Toggle he knew how the times were changing and what Eddie opened the door to it.
1: Yeah. And
2: then Dave's like, I have to follow suit. But he did. Him and Ted Templeman both did not want Eddie bringing that keyboard stuff into the band. They both were like, No, you're not doing it. And they dissuaded him for two albums. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to do the he wanted to do Jump back in like '82 he already had the riff written
4: wow and
2: Ted Templeman was was like no we're not putting it on the Mm -hmm. album and Dave was like I'll I think Dave even threatened to leave if they put it on the album and uh Eddie's like no eventually we're gonna do this and that's where the whole thing with Gene Simmons comes in and everything with like Eddie showing up while they're recording
1: Creatures and playing them jump yeah um He really loved that song. He believed in it. He knew it was going to be a huge hit. The problem... like, listen to this. It's so catchy. It's so simple. It was so different. It's like It's a hook. It's definitely a hook. It's
3: unmistakable. You'll recognize it. But the thing
2: is, whenever you hear it, you hear the 80s. Well... Right.
3: But that's the thing with any extreme success. I mean, you think about any... Think about spandex. Right at the, at the time, oh. it was the coolest thing. You know, for you mean it's like, not cool anymore? But now, but now people look at it and they it because it oh, was man. so extreme. I like my biker shorts. I gotta go change. Now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, bicycle shorts. Yeah. You know, with fluorescent things. colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and it wasn't like that in the seventies. It's like you don't picture. You know, a certain sound like you think of John mm-hmm. Lord. You know, but nobody. You know, other guys sort of sounded like that, but there were so many different styles. You didn't just pen it down yeah. to one. But in the eighties, it's all kind of becomes the it same, got very way. homogenized.
2: Yeah. yeah, but
1: that's what I grew up on. So yeah, you know, there's see, some, that's, that's, yeah, there's that's some there is one. some great stuff hidden in amongst mm-hmm. all that, though. Yeah, you know, I'm guys like like Paul Taylor. You know yeah, from and, Winger. And the stuff he did with Winger. You know, Winger's not known as a big, heavy band, or you wouldn't think, but the, as a songwriter, and some of the stuff he did in Winger, I don't know. Chris starting to kind of turn me over to it a little bit. I've
2: tried. I was into all of that shit, because I, I was like 11, 12 years old. Right, and right, right. Twisted Sister opened the door with the "We're Not Going to Take It" video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was that anybody that's eleven is going to get it. But, but yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. what I'm saying,
3: and that's extreme, right? and that was a, as huge as you could get. But now you look at it, and it, well, and it's, it's a little goofy. It's goofy because it was extreme. Yeah, but I still love it. You know, but it's better but, to yeah. be extreme and you know to right. take a shot at it than but, to just be.
2: But with Eddie Van Halen doing, you know, jump and and I'll wait and. He really, I mean, he ushered in a whole new era mm-hmm. with that stuff. Yeah. Guitar playing and keyboards. he You got—you kind of have to pin the blame on him for a lot of I that stuff. It. You know?
3: So there you go. He it, it all. It's, it's all Eddie Van Halen's fault. It's all it's a freaking thing. guitar players' fault. <laughs> they're rooted for us freaking keyboard players, <laughs> and so That's basically what it all boils down to. Wow. Freaking guitar players are rooted for. There, yeah,
1: thanks, pal.
3: <laughs> <right.
1: laughs> I mean, uh, but there's some good players out there, like Todd Howard. You know, from Freddy's Common. Yeah. he did some pretty cool stuff, and that's well, kind of like enhancement stuff, like you were saying. You know, but
3: that's, a, but that's when it became like the keyboard player had to be hidden. When it, you know, when they all of a sudden it went from the keyboard player is half of the groove mm-hmm. to now the keyboard player is an embarrassment. We should put him behind the stage. But that was late uh, eighties. Uh, yeah. Well, when that started, when that, started yeah.
2: Uh, one of like another one. Oh, that we're like, not there yet. Did you? Know?
1: <laughs> did, did you ever? Like, we'll did you there. ever get to the moment? I was well, okay. Can we'll okay, okay. we get to the moment? Can we just get to it? Yeah, oh, So when when you got with Gene and Paul, did you mm-hmm. ever? Did it ever occur to oh, you that no. you might occur on, be on stage with the band? No, not with
3: those bands. No? No, no, because my, you my know what? I was a realist. I you never had, asked to be more of yeah. any Vincent making. No. That is. Yeah. A there was not a chance in hell that it would ever really happen in Gene's world. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what I wouldn't I, I, To be honest with you I don't know that I would Want to be that guy You know what And I never really
1: Appreciated the keyboards In Kiss You know But I know but that's
3: That's the yeah, album That stuff, was the you whole know? idea If it was to not right. Right. right I know you It know was it all not by, noticed. You know Dave Bryant That's you know, what I
1: was about so, To get to yeah. Bon Jovi you know? keyboard Dave Bryan Is one of my favorite great keyboard He's player
2: Because yeah. I And I will put it forth I'll be inserting music Throughout As I cool. edit this the intro to the song Let It Rock from the Slippery When mm-hmm. Wet.
3: Yeah. Wow. Fucking, that's yeah. fucking awesome.
1: It kinda falls in but that's that, like that's the
3: It's got a, it. it's got an oh, organ yeah. sound, yeah, which yeah, made yeah. it work. That was the eighties version of that was like the DX seven organ. Right. Patch. You know, like rock organ in, right. in the DXF. Yeah. So it kind of like was, is organ-ish. Organ-ish. But the stuff, <laughs> the,
2: stuff, the stuff he plays on that is really Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a great way to open an album. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But if he would
3: have done that same thing on John Ward's rig with yeah. the yeah. real organ, right. it would have sounded a lot tougher.
2: Okay, so you weren't a big fan out of the changeover to the more synth sound. You no, know,
3: at the time I was. So at the time you liked it, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's more oh, of a hindsight that just, like, well, maybe one, this wasn't. There's to be made there. But I, I shouldn't say it at the time I was. At the time I I used it because that's what that was people in were both. using.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: I never thought it was better. And I and you know what? Like I said, Dave Bryan played great stuff. And and his parts. Uh, are still stand up.
2: I still respect Bon Jovi for being willing to put a keyboard player out absolutely. front like that back in oh, those absolutely. early days.
3: True. Not true. He so, was a
1: true member of the band. Man. Although, oh, totally. Once
2: 1990 okay. and further went, though, that not so much. Well, uh, but just, he still shares he, business-wise. He, and yeah, he's and he's still, still up there on the stage.
3: Yeah. yeah I, I, you know what? That's one gig as a keyboard player that, yeah, you know, is, is a good one. And, you know, we spent yeah. a lot of time with Cinderella, to, you know, together. So, me and <laughs> yeah. Dave, yeah I, what's he like he's a great guy because you always hear about and su- Richie you never hear about David he? well David was a very fun guy and, and he was very well he's doing like Broadway shit now oh is he yeah he's got a show on Broadway that really successful wow um, so he's been wise with his money yeah 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 and and plus creative in other ways right. too you know I mean just like Cynthia's got a Broadway that like Kinky Boots on, on Broadway is Cindy Lauper's oh. show and it's you, you know she won like Tony Awards and shit but Dave has a Dave has a Broadway show that he wrote the music for and stuff. So he's well, he's a great musician. He, yeah. he always you know he was a piano lesson. we were we had very similar childhood backgrounds. And right. stuff. So we got you know both you know got along very well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, very similar.
2: Right, well, you from Jersey too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. right on. Well, cool. But yeah, so I, the, especially that Slippery When Wet album, the mm-hmm. keyboard was Great very, stuff. very heavily prominent in that
3: album. That one in New Jersey. Both yeah, yeah those both movies. of those
2: albums had a lot of keyboard uh-huh. on them. So I give them credit for that.
4: Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. Right on. A
2: guy, but, a guy I know you're me.
3: not the biggest Bon Jovi fan. No, no. no
1: but, I, but I like <laughs> bands like Enough's Enough. You know? yeah. I mean, oh, Enough's gosh. Enough had some Donnie V out there playing Absolutely. piano.
3: You oh, know? Chip and Donnie were freaking amazing Duo, the amazing team together. Yeah,
2: should have been
1: huge. Should have been. been. I don't Should've know why. Been.
3: I
2: never understood it. I
3: still speak to him and I still. To Donnie or Chip. Chip. Yeah. Chip's a great guy. Yeah, he's he a great, he's bass, cool. player. Yeah. A
2: great bass player. Yeah, good musician. Yeah.
3: He's doing all the music for the Man Cow Show.
2: Is he? Yeah, I know he's buddies yeah, with that guy. They're doing
1: some special show in Chicago, I
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's, does good. So he does the music for them. I'd love to have them come down
2: to Nashville. So, yeah, it's they good. With the full band. With you know, the band. With Donnie, J- yeah, Donnie jumped ship. He's yeah. Yeah, uh, out. Out. Yeah, there's a whole lot about him out lately. He's actually mm-hmm. been in Tennessee lately. But... Oh, has he really? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk off air about that. It's yeah, real. it's not a good story.
3: No, I've never heard anything. He's, he's up to old tricks. Yeah. Great
1: keyboard player though. Yeah, come up with some really beautiful stuff on the- all this. Mm-hmm. He's, he's almost more like a kind
3: of like a Elton John kind of mm-hmm. guy when they incorporate the piano into what yeah. they're doing. When piano the, keyboard. their last album, I don't know if it was the last one that they did for Arista, but it was at the end of the eight. It, it was early nineties when the eighties was dying. Right, they've been animals. Yeah, and they were doing a record in New record record. York for Arista. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if it ever even. Came out, but I—that's I, okay, know that's yeah. when I first became friends with Chip, and I went to the studio. Yeah, invited me down, and I remember here and really like being excited to buy the record when it became right. available, and not ever being able to hear it again. Wow! Because it, you know, now I every time I bump into Chip, it's like, dude, I want to copy that fucking record. Yeah,
0: bro, I can't it. it you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, you sound just like it <laughs>
2: but the uh, that they're one of the biggest mysteries in music history because mm-hmm. it's like how the fuck were these guys not a, a massive success
3: they almost were they did they had that one the, uh, the first single well, when a real new, thing new, came new, out yeah a yeah, new thing and then fly high a, michelle, michelle was a kind of hit
2: yeah. That after that album, they it just struck, it just didn't happen for well. Yeah. The grunge came in as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they were not marketed correctly. No,
1: no. they got painted all. They got wrong. painted up with
2: all the fucking glam shit, and that should have well, never
1: been the case.
3: It was the time they were trying to jump I mean, on the poison you tell. It hurt that, them though.
1: It did hurt them because people could look at them and they were and a see. real band. They mm-hmm. could see that's not what you really are, and they just couldn't get. They did
2: not they need knew. to play the game. They were good enough on their own.
1: To they should have just yeah. came out as themselves. and They really they, they could have maybe rode the wave into grunge you know they yeah. could have oh they
2: wrote incredible something. music I just yeah it's Howard Stern backed them yeah, David yeah. Letterman uh, backed them yeah I remember it's when like, I used to have them all the time yeah it was just, it was one of those things where it's like why are these guys not massively well, huge it, just, yeah. It, yeah, it lacks explanation
1: <laughs> I can never understand they are so good but yet all the listeners didn't go buy it you know it's yeah. crazy yeah who else do you like
3: who else do you like Let's see, who else do I like? Um,
2: I got one that'll piss Gary off. No, no, no.
3: no nobody's going to piss me off today.
2: Well, from the uh, from the 80s period that, of the sound you don't like, Mick McKelly from uh, Europe, for
3: the
1: Final oh, Countdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. As soon as you say oh, it, you know it.
3: It, yeah. it rings in your head. You know I, uh, It's the lion. No, that's yeah. a, well, that's the stereotypical... Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it's made, it's considered a joke these days. Yes. But, but when it was brand new, I love that song.
3: <laughs> but still, people hear it and it connects with them. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those. It's well, it's part like, of my childhood. Yeah, you know, I don't really have a problem. I'm just joking around. But I mean, I don't know him as a key, as a musician. You know. Or, yeah. Remember the band? Think, yeah. But, but bigger
2: uh, bigger overseas than than mm-hmm.
3: here. That album was really it for them.
2: Just yeah. that and the next, and yeah. that was it
3: but that's not going to happen you know that was a big anthem with that, that,
2: huge that, anthem that. yeah it was yeah. that in 86 that was a big song that
3: right. organ uh, that I mean analog synthy trumpety horn that's what I'm saying yeah. that's
2: like the, the antithesis yeah. of what you like so. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah it pretty yeah. much is I can see why <laughs> and I remember, well, it has
2: its place I remember wrote, typing it up and I'm like Gary's not going to like this one no, no.
3: <laughs> no you know I, I go, definitely go for the more Old-school. blending in and yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> what about a band like Faith No More? I liked them at the time. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I
1: know they got that guy Roddy Bottom, and he adds a lot to yeah, it. Yeah, I
3: mean, there was a lot of sound going on that I don't know if it came from him, but yeah. I mean, I know they also use piano. And anybody right. that can yeah. fit a piano in a rock band, my hat goes off too, because that's a really hard thing to do yeah, too. Yeah, I can imagine so. You know, you like, not I mean, to sound pompous and stupid. Right. You know, that. Because it's a hard blend when it's yeah. piano and right. guitars and bass and drums. And it's one thing if it's pop, you know, yeah. Piano, but if you make a piano rock, you gotta, uh, I give people credit if they can do it. <laughs>
1: right, yeah, I suppose, man, it's like you say, you gotta have that power to stand up mm-hmm. with the
3: guitars, yeah. you know, and stand up along with them. You no know, we skipped over we skipped that, over a couple of, but that you know kind of crossing into the southern rock thing would be the Allman brother Greg Allman I was gonna yeah, you know, yeah I was thinking about which, Greg you know, Allman we might have to, see this might have to be a two part or two because <laughs> <laughs> because there's just I, I don't want to like Piss anybody off by leaving somebody grayed out, and I know that as soon as I get in my truck to go home. I'm well saying, we will. Oh, shit, happens.
2: you know, I forgot. Don't feel bad. We do that every it week. It happens to I me mean, yeah. <laughs> every time. Um, yeah. So
3: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, before before anybody gets too mad, I'm just gonna say that uh, if anybody got left out, it's it's, you know, just I'm old. My memories. right yeah of course I mean there's there's so many there's so we'll many we'll come back and we'll talk about it next time or something uh, let's see I'll I, I come up with somebody good um, how about Uriah Heat? we're going back to the see San I don't movies. know
2: much about them they're, no, they're a band maybe. that like I've had friends tell me I should get into but mm-hmm. I've never listened to much of their stuff
3: yeah that's definitely uh, they were great uh, Easy Living Oh you yeah. Well yeah, God gave yeah. Roll to you. Oh, that was a Argent. Yeah, yeah. But that whole but that, there's another one Yeah. Uh, hold your head up. I mean, come on, yeah. talk about an organ yeah. song.
2: Alright. Yeah. That's true.
3: Shoot, they seems like you thought
2: about it. Although and, uh, uh, yes, I remember roundabout getting played on the radio. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure. Well, sure. And that was a great organ heavy sound and mm-hmm. like the, the verses of that song. I've
2: always been convinced that they were massively baked when they
3: when they played that song.
2: Oh, it and had they recorded to be because it, it's just so nuts. Yeah, it's, that just, whole yeah, record is most yeah,
3: likely fragile. That whole oh, fragile, great record. They just played the
2: um, the Scaramanga or the Ryman recently. Ryman. What about uh, Phil Ashley?
3: <laughs> I love Phil Ashley. Come on now, that's the guy that I mean. Really, touring wise, I he got me the Lou Graham gig. Right. And the kiss cake. You still talk to him? No, no I, I lost really? I lost. I have no idea where he. You is. haven't heard? He I haven't seen anything about him in a long time. The last thing I heard, um, and it wasn't that long after that time, um, he had gotten involved uh, with a few people. They bought um, a studio, and they were doing like radio uh, advertising jingles and stuff. Really. And I did a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for him? Hey, yeah. money's money, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did Martha Stewart commercials for, for a couple of years, too. Yeah.
2: Nice. So how about uh, Trent Reznor?
3: Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, one of those guys like guys like, is, guys mm-hmm. like that? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, again, that's all synthesizer. Right. right? That's, you know, but that's... Now, technology... See, the thing is, back in the, in the 80s, the technology of synthesizers was pretty new. All right. And so, now, I mean, there's no limitations on anything.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Back then, they were a nightmare to use as a... Like, live, they, you know, they were a nightmare. They drifted, you know, to, they would never stay in tune.
4: Yeah.
3: Now, at least, you can rely... like the band will turn around to the keyboard player for, for an A when it's time right. to, tune, you know? Because yeah. they know that the keyboard's are. But back then, you know how many times I would be playing one keyboard and then have a, another synth th- for a solo and come time for the solo and you hit that first note, and it's like... Ah. And they didn't have memory. Right. Uh, you know, there was no memory. So, like, from one song to the next, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a one-button change. You had to turn knobs and right. plug in things. And remember what changes needed to happen from one song to the next. Wow. wow. So they weren't real convenient to you. Yeah,
4: they're kind of yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, so you know. Then the eighties came along and and also the early sense you could only play one note at a time. Right. You couldn't play chords. So it was basically a melody instrument. Right. Or a soloing instrument. It wasn't anything that you could play a string. You created right? but you didn't really play You hit play on it. Well, it's no, terrible. you could play the, but you could only yeah. play one note. You you couldn't play the whole chord. Oh, down. so you just yeah, okay, it was a single I got note you. like so. Oh wow! Could, it, so it was just a a melody instrument. Yeah. As opposed to like chord, you couldn't play a chord on it. Right. And so it wasn't until the Prophet Five was the first polyphonic synthesizer that allowed you to play more than one note at a time. Hmm. And so that was like. Um, Steve Winwood uh, Ark of the Diver Like when uh, When you see a chance Take it That's <laughs> Oh yeah That
2: was, that was huge back then. Yeah. yeah That was a That's big deal profit 5 that Yeah was and, and that worked one. out Well for him in The 80s mm-hmm. did it Jeez, He had mm-hmm. a real run he, like, he had the Spencer Davis group And Blind Faith And then kind of nothing For a few years Then the 80s come in And he just fucking exploded It was Yeah weird. Yeah, yeah man, he was all life. over the place Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah Roll with it And then mm-hmm. uh, Yeah Yeah was it Valerie? Was that one song? Yeah, yeah he had tons of hits yeah. back in those days. Yeah. Well so the really the mid eighties, I know you weren't crazy about the sound change, but it was pretty damn steady work for a keyboard player back then. Yeah. In the days.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it was also new. You know, the yeah. MIDI MIDI was a new thing and computers being used was a new thing. And I worked a lot because of that. Um and it was exciting. It was mm-hmm. really exciting to be a part of it. It's just that, you know, like anything when it's you know, at its you know, when something's being invented, there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, you know, gets thrown out. <laughs>
2: Whatever happened with MIDI, anyway. It well, it's
3: still being used, but now mm-hmm. you know it. They no longer Most of the time, they don't use the same connection anymore because mm-hmm. it's uh, they use USB just like right. we, uh, right. because you ultimately you were connecting MIDI, you were connecting keyboards to a computer. Mm-hmm. So now USB is a much more universal way to connect to a computer.
2: It's all done through that now. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And so, like, like the professional keyboards, like the Yamaha key, like the stuff I use, when you buy it, it'll have the MIDI outs and ins that they always had, the 5-pin, but it also has a USB.
4: Yeah. Mm.
2: What do you think about uh, bands that are triggering, like, background vocals from a keyboard? Have you had much experience with that?
3: Uh, yeah, I did. we kiss. You did? I would, that's, I did background vocals on half of the songs that we we played so what played. would they
2: take the studio tracks and then put them in on no, keys cause or they, they would cause record they, them? Cause
3: they, they tuned down a half step so they'd record them at sound check or whatever no we actually would go into the studio at the beginning of the tour so and that's oh, and do it they went down half step. yeah we pitched down half a step and they also didn't perf- make it perfect like they were going to they were smart about it because they to make
2: it sound studio. natural yeah yeah
3: yeah they were just it were just controlled so if they didn't like the take they'd do it again right but once they got a good take it was, we used to do, we would stand around the microphone like as a group, sing, everybody sang their parts, then they would make that one side and then double it. And that was, and that's what I said. I would, I would take that, put it to a dat tape,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then we'd leave the studio and I would, that's what I would sample for the tour. The, so when it happened live, uh-huh. it was actually them really singing. Right. And it was not like, you know, 18,000 voices. It just, right and so it sounded right
2: were there moments where things didn't get triggered the right way um, or at the right time
3: well yeah there was one 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 time uh-huh. in all in the years I did it that uh, there was a really bad one
2: was it with Kiss? <laughs> yeah I uh, don't oh, know they were looking <laughs> yeah, for God the yeah of
3: Thunder and, and, and Forever oh really yeah I had the Forever vocal f- instead of the uh, the um I am the Lord of the Wasteland. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what was the Forever vocal? The, forever. That came out during God of Thunder.
0: Holy shit!
2: Oh wow! Yeah. What do you remember? What tour stop that was? No. <laughs> there, there. There's definitely not a tape of that because it would have no. leaked by now. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, dude, it was awesome. And the thing was, <laughs> the Forever vocals in, in Paul's to Paul's credit I had it purely <laughs> for emergencies right. because it was like a really high park. yeah
2: although he um, did it himself most of the time yeah
3: that's right. what I'm saying yeah. you know, I I only had it as a just in case he was sick or something mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. anything I used every night right and uh but the god of thunder stuff was well, that and, was the whole yeah the like, harmonized
2: harmonizer thing yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
3: but to to create it all I did was just like the samples we, I, when we were in the studio doing the vocal samples Gene <laughs> just like he did it in the studio did it in his regular voice right and then you add- and then we ran through a harmonizer sure hmm. so that's all it was <laughs> so without the harmonizer it just sounded like Gene Gene's like I am the Lord of the <laughs> yeah I am the Lord of the so this is Gene Simmons we'll, from Kiss I am <laughs> the Lord of the Week <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we gotta cut that first part <laughs> out so,
3: but uh, <laughs> but this one night you know the, the Sphinx opens up and Gene you know the themes coming up the oh smoke's coming up but, I remember I was that, there they had the scream <laughs> with the thing in the mouth that yeah looked like the voice thing and so basically the output of my sampler ran through the thing that the mouth, so uh-huh. it should make the mouth look like it was talking. <laughs> you know. The sphinx starts digging forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now the thing is that you know I had I was trying on, on keys, so I, I as soon as I took my handle, so it didn't take long. Yeah. I was just like <laughs> No, you know, oh, I uh, bet
2: you but, got some looks from those oh, guys. Oh, Gene, well, you
3: know, Gene, Paul, you know, here your shit, but Gene kind of looked like, at what me. What the fuck? But then he was smart enough to, because he's been around. Yeah, he had, knows how
2: to play the game. He knows yeah. how to make
3: the mishaps get covered, yeah. and he just did it. Mike, I bet you heard
2: about it a couple hours later.
3: No, he was, no, no. Surprisingly, I'm me.
2: surprised because usually yeah. they're like all over somebody's ass for yeah. screwing up.
3: But the truth is, <laughs> you know what? I, I did that for them for six years, yeah. and that's the only mishap that's pretty and good. you gotta realize we, we didn't play to a click yeah eric carr was not the machine of a drummer that you know nice. and so and which is part of the reason why like if it was one chorus i would have to split it up over a bunch of keys because it would be like a i'm trying to think of this, a chorus to give you an example because i i would depending on the night if eric was playing a little faster that you know i would have to Play oh, on, on on top of the to beat, it. and so that, but they didn't play to a click. So that's it. So there was still a human element. Well, right? sure. Triggering the samples.
2: Yeah, the majority of what you yeah. heard was live. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Although it's different than like Motley Crue these days. Yeah, I those, mean, those you,
3: people just running tapes. I was just say, have
2: you seen how much they're using? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The majority of what you're mm-hmm. hearing is not live. And that,
3: and I see that to me as Do you think that's cheating? I think to, I don't know where the line is and. I get, you know, there's so many different ways of looking at it. You know, there's the the thing of it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And right. so if it makes a, it a better show, is it wrong? I don't know.
1: I think only if it's your final tour.
3: <laughs> you get a fast only, your
1: if final. only if it's your final tour to is me. that okay. Because you're going around that last big run mm-hmm. telling all the people it's our final tour. This is last time you're going to get to see us. So we're gonna it won't. It won't be very good if we come out there and just do it as we are, you know, because we're getting pretty old. It's time to hang it up, you know. We we know that. You need to accept that That's too. Good. So in order for us to give you what you expect, we're going to add the tapes. We're going to add all that. You're going to come in, and say the last Miley Crew show I ever seen was awesome, and everybody goes home happy, and we never do it again. All right, perfect. All right. That's right. the only time it's okay. <laughs> I like that. If you're an up and coming band, you don't do that shit. No, you don't know? do that shit. If you're a band that's still out there and you got something to prove, you don't do that God, shit. Guy, well, how hard of but a job. On, but if you're on your way out the door, yeah. Okay. Well, how hard well, of I'm a not,
2: job is it for the guy that has to trigger all that shit?
1: Jeez. I suppose well, it's probably all on a
3: computer. You just hit start, stops. stop. Yeah, because everybody plays with so a click these days, too. So even even the country band I play with, we play with click. That's, of uh, course, it's, it's just, new age country, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I like I like the warts and all approach.
1: I mean, just, yeah. just, I do. i play.
3: play. Yeah, it's
2: like everything's in ears Either so. you like it or you don't, you know.
1: All right, it makes you feel something. And I've heard it.
2: I've heard a, um, a friend of mine just got to go on stage at, while Metallica was playing, and mm-hmm. he said, thanks to the whole in ear monitor thing, it's the last place you want to be because mm-hmm. you don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Like you would just hear. The strings jangling, and you hear them screaming into the mic, but the band's hearing all the monitors. You don't even hear anything from the monitor. It's just like yeah. nothing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: There's no stage volume anymore.
2: So, like, you can like t- have a conversation on stage with yes. somebody at normal volume. Mm-hmm. Wow.
4: That's got to be odd. Yes.
3: Well, and the thing is, that the, the, the guitar players are usually the last guys to, to accept that. Right. Like, with yeah, because you want to hear it. Yeah, and you want to hear your your amp. You don't want to hear it. Yeah, you don't want to hear it through your ears. Yeah, you yeah, that kind of How much low end are you going to hear? Yeah, that would bother the shit get? out of me. You're not. You're not going to get any of the warmth from, that your speaker no. cabinet gave you. It's
2: going to sound all tinny.
3: So, guitar players are the last guys to, that, Except you know, this. like with Cinderella. Jeff and Tom would never use them. Yeah. Fred used them. Eric, Eric jumped on board. And because it makes it easier for the monitor guy well, sure. fuck the monitor guy you know? right. <laughs> he's not the one up there playing
1: yeah. and I, that's I, what I he makes on. the big bucks for
2: yeah <laughs> well before I let you go is there, mm-hmm. is there anything on the horizon for Cinderella that you know of no I know Tom's done the solo thing for a while but yeah. and Jeff's got a solo album out now I don't even know but I didn't know if you, if you ever know of anything I, just, I hate that those guys need to put another album yeah. together I mean I, yeah you know,
3: you know, yeah. I've been talking with Mark. Mark's been, you know, slaughtered to talking me about his solo record. And
2: yeah. Are you going to tour with him?
3: Well, apparently there's a lot of keys on it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't play them. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have any attachment to it. But he, you know, he's he's talked to me a few times about it, that. If that if there's any live stuff to be done, yeah. I, I mean, if
1: you're going to be out on the road, I know a guy who can play whatever it is. Yeah,
3: give them a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might end up doing I've been also working with Megan Ruger, who was on The Voice this year. Yeah, I know her. She's from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. that's right. oh, you, know, she... you know Megan?
1: Yeah, from uh, wrestling. Man. She came down and sang the national anthem, did an awesome
3: job. She's a great singer. Yeah, man. she is. So, we just had lunch yesterday, and we're gonna. I'm going to drag a couple of the boys into the studio for her. Cool, right see we come up with. That's awesome. Yeah. I always so, thought
1: she could do something.
3: Well, I, I didn't, I didn't catch it, but apparently she did pretty good on the voice. Yeah, And uh, we just played last Tuesday night at uh, the twelfth and Porter. Porter. Yep. Right on,
1: that's mm-hmm.
3: cool. Well, we got
2: to drag you out to. Uh... Dan McGinnis to do this whole rock and roll residency mm-hmm.
3: thing yeah, I'm, I'm going call, call, um, to call Phil and,
2: and come up there and play with those guys yeah, it's a fun you time. guys should do some deep purple stuff or something yeah see, there you. you go I'd love to hear you guys you highway star or something like that this know. was for I the Decimal Geek yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> rocking it up <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get you on there we'll, oh man glad you got to come out and do yeah, us again man. Yeah, thanks,
1: thanks for your time now we got to think of another excuse how to get back we'll come up with something I know
2: we'd drag a couple of kiss stories out of you, that's fucking priceless. Having forever come out of the,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> holy shit! Oh gosh, too. I, I found the samples too. I, I have, you know, I still have boxes of them. because, oh, do you? you know, like back back then. First of all, crashes happened all the time, right? And and there was no hard drives yet, yeah. so you know to have backup of what you did, like. What I used to do is at the beginning of the tour, I would make like 10 sets of the... They were the one and a quarter inch... I mean, the three and a half inch floppy disks. All right. That held one, 1. 1.4 megabytes of information <laughs> on wow. it, right? Yeah. And so... <laughs>
0: Technology.
3: Yeah, yeah. And so the, it would be like 10 disks in a box. And I would duct tape it and put a skull and crossbones on it and tape it shut. And, and I'd hand them out to everybody. I'd hand them out to the production manager so that they'd be in different locations. Right. God forbid one case gets lost and they're all in one drawer. You want to be covered, yeah. Right, huh. And so I used to say, I'd give one to the truck driver. I'd right. Give one, you know. Hold on. And that's how I used to do it. But If you're lost, when you just go down a line, you got mm-hmm. yours? You got exactly. Yours. You got yours? Yeah, yeah right. that's Good smart. Part. But you know now nowadays you just store it to the cloud. But I'm so old yeah. school. I don't trust it. Like it's, I don't trust. Oh Well, trust the, the cloud. It, it, you'll you'll lose know. your
2: samples and you'll have naked photos of yourself spread everywhere.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this <is> big mouth <laughs>
1: opens and there's a naked picture of Gary. Oh no! <laughs> oh gosh! Oh jeez! <laughs> oh, wow. So there you have it. As promised, our awesome conversation with Gary Corbett. Yeah, I said it. We're working on getting him back on again as soon as possible.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thanks again to Gary for coming on. Not only a great musician and a great guest, but he's been a great friend to us through this and we,
1: we can't thank him enough. He's a super cool guy. I guess we'll have to do like albums Elms Unleashed on She's So Unusual or something. <laughs> That's an idea. <laughs> the Whatever listenership might drop a tad, but uh, yeah. No, everyone will still love it because it's Gary Corbett. Yeah,
2: it was fun to have him on and, uh, you know, keep up with Gary. We'll put links in the show notes and everything.
1: Most definitely. So,
2: uh, before we go, um, fall is here. There, you can get a long sleeve
1: hoodie with Decibel Geeks logo on There's it all now. kinds of stuff. You can get mugs and, and hoodies <laughs> and, you yeah, like you say, it's fall time and coming yeah, up. Yeah, we're and...
2: working on... Um, Alcohol glasses. We're working on oh, that nice, right now, and nice. shot glasses. And, oh
1: yeah, that's what I want. Yeah,
2: so we're. I'm working out the logistics, but we're so trying I to make it work. Put my Crown Royal in it. Exactly. Thanks, Baco.
1: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Baco and the Meister and Gator and all the guys over there and girls over at the decibel geek official website you know at www.decibelgeek.com that's where all these amazing writers i mean it's more than just a podcast yeah we're here every week with a brand new show for you but if you're not aware of the website you're missing out on a big piece of the action because it's it's an amazing there's really not too many websites like it because it's not reporting the news to you per se Mm -hmm. but it's more you know album reviews concert reviews you know just individual stories from different writers telling about all this awesome rock and roll so if you're just listening to the show and not going to the website you're only getting a part of the part of the experience yeah
2: it's all it's other stuff and uh it's basically articles by fans for the fans heck yeah. yeah we're we're not looking. We're not we're looking to win a Murrow Award for journalism. We just want to relay really cool stories about really cool music. I just want to win a Metal Edge Magazine award. Do they still give them away? I don't even know if that's Metal Edge Magazine is even around anymore. We could, I don't. We're print think ourselves
1: is. up one number one podcast, Metal Edge, two thousand fourteen. That's not pretentious <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man. While you're at the website, you know, here's a really important thing to know because Christmas is coming up, you got to be thinking ahead of time about getting your Christmas gifts and doing all your shopping. You know, sometimes you don't got to wait till Christmas. You want to get something good for yourself right now and you want to get it from amazon.com. They've got a little bit of everything and the best thing about Amazon is they help out us here at the Decibel Geek podcast. We need more technical money. Chris was just telling me earlier, we're going to have to dish out some more cash to be able to get the show up on time because of technical logistics that I just don't understand. But, you know, it's one of those things we've got to keep the lights on. So you go to Amazon, you buy what you were going to buy. You don't got to buy nothing special. You know, you get whatever you want to get. But by doing it through the Decibel Geek website page, you're giving a kickback to the show by Amazon. They're giving it to us by you going through us to get to them. See, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're getting us on iTunes, I know a lot of people download us on iTunes, take them with us to work and on the ride to work and all that good stuff. If you're doing that, stop by and give us a review. We love those five stars.
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have we, we've been low on iTunes reviews lately, so, yeah, we'd appreciate that.
1: The ones that are on there are fantastic. Oh, it's amazing
2: stuff. When so, I'm
1: feeling down in the dumps, I read our iTunes reviews. It makes me feel good again. It's
2: better for you than cold gin, too.
1: Yeah. All right, so we gotta get out the door. We got some cool stuff coming up. We'll see you right back here next week for more Decimal Geek Podcast. See ya.